This is Extending Olive Branches, and I'm your host, Caitlin Menz. Today's episode is officially episode one, and I've titled it Planting Good Seeds. What thoughts are you thinking? What words are you speaking? What people are you surrounding yourself with? These are some of the things I feel I'm supposed to cover in connection with seed planting. I don't want some pretty answer wrapped up in a bow here. I want to talk about some serious things that as followers of God are incredibly important. Let's talk about thoughts for a moment. What we fill our hearts and minds with are just as important as what we fill our physical bodies up with. A healthy diet consists of fruits, vegetables, grains, fat-free or low-fat dairy products. It includes lean meats, poultry, fish, beans, eggs, and nuts, and it limits fats, sodium, and added sugars. Also, for those of you visual people like myself, the type of gas you put in your car matters. Making sure you're plugging a plug into an outlet and not, I don't know, setting it into a bowl of water matters. Obviously, that won't work. We need the right things in order to function. If you wake up each morning and fill your brain with thoughts like, ugh, not another day, it's going to be terrible, I'm ugly, I'm late, I can't possibly accomplish everything I have stacked up against me today, the kids won't wake up, I'm sick of this, and so on and so on. How do you think that sets the stage for your day? Not great, right? Okay, so now let's look at it like this. If you wake up with a heart of thankfulness as soon as your eyes open and ask God to bless the day before you, the whole day can shift with this thought change. Planting good seeds. You thank Him for your breath, your rest, your amenities, the opportunity to go to work, the blessing your children are if you have them, your health, despite if it is perfect or not, and speak positive and uplifting affirmations over yourself. I hope that as you listen to those two very different scenarios, you sat like I did, rigid and on edge through the first one, and then sitting through the second one, peace and joy. Don't allow your emotions in a moment to carry you off down the rabbit hole of negative thoughts. It is so important to make sure the thoughts we are planting in our minds every single moment of every single day reflect the Father's love for us and are not enemy-fed. If trying to incorporate positive thoughts is a new concept for you, this may seem challenging. A word of advice, give yourself grace. You only know what you know. You only get better at what you practice. And none of us have arrived yet. We are all beautiful masterpieces, a work in process, if you might say, trying to make sure we are focusing on the good versus everything else. Now that we have started with the foundation of our thoughts, let's look at the words you speak. Do the words that flow from your mouth come from a place of love? Are they coming through a filter of truth? Or are they hateful words, undermining and belittling? Are your words spewing from anger and hurt? I want to remind you of something. We don't know when or how we are leaving the greatest marks on the world. It all matters. Planting the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit through our words and the lives we come across each day is imperative. 
Words that breathe out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our families, our friends, co-workers, and strangers. It all matters. You never know who God has placed along your path that only you have the right words for. Because I feel like I'm supposed to throw this in here, a year ago, I felt a nudge from the Lord to stop cussing. Yep, you heard me right. I'm going to talk about this personal piece of my journey for a second. I remember sitting here feeling gross. I don't know how many curse words I had just strung together, but I felt gross as soon as the last word left my mouth. I remember very clearly the message the Lord gave me that day. It was a reminder that my words and voice carry power, and as his daughter, the way I was speaking was not how he intended for my voice to be used. I was really good at hiding my cursing when I was younger. Then, as I got older, I didn't care as much, and so it became more and more common. Was it hard to quit something I had been doing for so long? A little, but it was absolutely worth it. I'm so glad I chose to be obedient in this. It has only spurred me on in walking in alignment with God. It's important to remember to pray boldly into these things. Is there something that has to do with your thoughts or the words that you're speaking that God is asking you to lean into? What people are you surrounding yourself with? Do your friends encourage you or bring you down? Do they cheer for you as your biggest fans? Do they pray for you? Do they show up when you need them to and when you don't? Community. Community is so important. Just look at the people Jesus regularly surrounded himself with. He had his people. Now, what I want you to remember is that even though Jesus had his friend group while he was here on earth, he treated everyone with love and respect, no matter who they were and no matter what they had done. When you take a step back and evaluate the people you were around regularly, you will see people you intentionally pick to be around you, and you will see people you have to be around. When it comes to the people we intentionally get to choose, there are some things I have learned over the years. People that constantly bring me down, gossip, lie, treat others poorly, and are only wanting friendship for selfish reasons are not the constant people I want surrounding me. It took me 26 years of life to find a core group of women that I could willingly be invested in community with. I am an old soul and I do not like surface level conversations. I want meaningful relationships and community. People who love me just as I am and know my heart when anything tries to hinder the relationship. The question isn't if trouble comes. The question is, what do we do when trouble arises? In a healthy relationship, you're able to have the hard conversations. Instead of brushing things under the rug or ignoring them, you choose that person. You remember why that relationship deserves the love and attention it takes to be cultivated and nurtured. And when it comes to the people you're surrounded with, not by choice, please just always remember to be kind. You don't have to be best friends with everyone. That's okay. There will be some people you need distance from. Allow yourself that space, but always be kind. If you are surrounded regularly by people that bring you down and discourage you, 
First, please pray for them. Continue to show them what love and joy look like, but never allow their presence to bring you down in the process. If you feel like a relationship is toxic for you, it is time to separate as much as possible. Boundaries are necessary, but remember, it's always important to be kind. We've covered a lot now. Our thoughts, words, and the people who influence us. So what is the goal of all of those things and how does it relate to planting good seeds? I want you to bear with me for just a moment. I'm about to read most of Mark 4, but I have a point I want to get across here. Mark 4, a story about planting seed. Again, Jesus began teaching by the lake. A great crowd gathered around him, so he sat down in a boat near the shore. All the people stayed on the shore close to the water. Jesus taught them many things using stories. He said, Listen, a farmer went out to plant his seed. While he was planting, some seed fell by the road and the birds came and ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much dirt. That seed grew very fast because the ground was not deep. But when the sun rose, the plants dried up because they did not have deep roots. Some other seed fell among thorny weeds, which grew and choked the good plants. So these plants did not produce a crop. Some other seed fell on good ground and began to grow. It got taller and produced a crop. Some plants made 30 times more, some made 60 times more, and some made 100 times more. Then Jesus said, Let those with ears use them and listen. Later, when Jesus was alone, the twelve apostles and others around him asked him about the stories. Jesus said, You can know the secret about the kingdom of God, but to other people I tell everything by using stories, so that they will look and look, but they will not learn. They will listen and listen, but they will not understand. If they did learn and understand, they would come back to me and be forgiven. Isaiah 6, 9. Then Jesus said to his followers, Don't you understand this story? If you don't, how will you understand any story? The farmer is like a person who plants God's message in people. Sometimes the teaching falls on the road. This is like the people who hear the teaching of God, but Satan quickly comes and takes away the teaching that was planted in them. Others are like the seed planted on rocky ground. They hear the teaching and quickly accept it with joy. But since they don't allow the teaching to go deep into their lives, they keep it only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the teaching they accepted, they quickly give up. Others are like the seed planted among the thorny weeds. They hear of the teaching, but the worries of this life, the temptation of wealth, and many other evil desires keep the teaching from growing and producing fruit in their lives. Others are like the seed planted in the good ground. They hear the teaching and accept it. Then they grow and produce fruit, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 100 times more. Then Jesus said to them, Do you hide a lamp under a bowl or a bed? No, you put the lamp on a lampstand. Everything that is hidden will be made clear and every secret thing will be made known. Let those with ears use them and listen. Think carefully about what you hear. The way you give to others is the way God will give to you, but God will give you even more. 
Those who have understanding will be given more, but those who do not have understanding, even what they have will be taken away from them. Then Jesus said, The kingdom of God is like someone who plants seed in the ground. Night and day, whether the person is asleep or awake, the seed still grows, but the person does not know how it grows. By itself, the earth produces grain. First the plant grows, then the head, and then all the grain in the head. When the grain is ready, the farmer cuts it, because this is the harvest time. Then Jesus said, How can I show you what the kingdom of God is like? What story can I use to explain it? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, the smallest seed you plant in the ground. But when planted, this seed grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. It produces large branches, and the wild birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many stories like these to teach the crowd God's message, as much as they could understand. He always used stories to teach them, but when he and his followers were alone, Jesus explained everything to them. The purpose of Jesus' words isn't to increase knowledge or even inspire legalistic obedience. The point is to create a changed heart. That result requires time and the work of the Holy Spirit. To present all the truth of the kingdom of God without preparing people would have been dangerous because, like the Pharisees, many would have wholly rejected what they half understood. So, Jesus is strategic in his speaking ministry. He understands that some people cannot take in too much new information. Jesus said that the word of God is like a seed. It gets planted in our hearts and then has the potential to bear fruit. But not every seed grows into a plant and bears fruit. The kind of soil it lands on makes all the difference. You can study the seed, categorize the seed, analyze the seed, know the seed, or even love the seed. But if you don't sow it, nothing will grow. As I read through Mark 4, we talked about seeds falling in different places. When it comes to the seed that fell by the road, Satan doesn't want the word of God to take root in a person's heart. Like a bird swooping down and snatching a seed, he wants to remove the seed of the word from the soil of a person's heart. This is Satan's preferred result. He wants to keep the word from ever having a place in a person's life. Hard hearts must be plowed up before they can receive the seed. Jeremiah 4.3 The seeds that fell on stony ground, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Your roots cannot be found in your friendships, your parents, or with each passing circumstance. Your roots must be deep. Some people are like the seed that fell among the thorns. They receive the word, but allow the interests and cares of this world to choke it out. We might say this ground is too fertile. The word of God grows there, but so does everything else. And everything else soon begins to crowd out the word of God. And now we've come to the seed sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. They accept the word and bear fruit, thus fulfilling the purpose of the seed. This parable shows that when the word is received as it should be, something happens. Fruit is produced.
I don't know about you, but for me, I long to plant good seeds and in that see the fruit that is produced from them. I pray that through this episode, you've gained some helpful insight as to the importance of planting good seeds.